Amen. It is good to see you. Yeah, take a seat. Great to see you. I discovered the other day that we have passed the shortest day, which means what? No, it means it's summer. It means it is summer. And so in my mind, it is now summer, and I don't care what you say, it is summer. And uh, bring on the beach, bring on the water, jandals next week, yeah, jandals and shorts. It'll be all good. Now, I had a few technology issues in the first time round. Hopefully, we've solved them. But I would like you to watch the screen for a couple of moments. I'll let it do its thing or else I'll confuse it. Here we go. Whoa. What's going on, Mr. Voss? Biology, Derek. Fair enough. Can someone tell me what happens when a cell stagnates? Okay, no one's listening to me. I will try again. Anyone know what happens to a stagnant cell? What's he doing on the table? I don't know, something about cells. Malia. It's not good. Did you hear that? It ain't good. People. A cell that is not in motion is not a productive member of the system. It ends up assuming all the other cells are going to pick up the slack somewhere, but they don't. In fact, they imitate the stray cell until basically the whole organism begins to die. Yeah. But you know what? Biology is an amazing thing. And here's the good news. All that decays can be restored. It's just hitting anybody. Like how a cut heals. Like how a cut heals. Brian, my man. Oh, look, you got one. <laughs> and once that cell is back on track, it creates energy amongst the other cells. That's what happens. It starts getting a little movement going. It gets a little rumble. Can I get a little rumble from everybody? Everybody just rumble in your seats right now for me. Just rumble a little bit. Okay, no rumble. That's fine. I'll be the lone rumbler up here. That's what I am. I'm a lone rumbler. But then the cell starts banging into the other cells. And the cells push back and go, hey, what are you doing to me? They hit into another one. Hey, don't do that to me. That's my friend. You don't even know him. You don't know me either. I know you. We work together. Because then they hit a rhythm. All hit a rhythm and this is the beginning of the restorative process so now even if the entire system is close to dead what happens Martinez come on give me something oh no not today oh no not in my house no 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 look out here we come don't look up my pant leg Derek you're better than that I'm right over you come on man what do you say if all the cells work together what will happen? Entire system is healed. Exactly. That is a sick dragon. Yeah! Now you may ask what that's got to do with anything, particularly with uh, John chapter 15, but our topic is belonging, or our theme is belonging, and 
there's a lot of truth in that video clip. That when the cells are working together, can I put it another, another way this morning? When we remain in Him, when we remain in Him, or the translation of Scripture you use may be when we abide in Him. In other words, when our connection is right with Christ, everything flows from there. When the connection is not right, everything suffers. Everything suffers. Eventually, I brought you a leaf, a, a branch this morning. See, see this, this is a, quite a beautiful branch off a lemon tree, and I severed it. So as good as it looks right now, it is going to die. Actually, it is dying as I hold it before you. It is dying because the connection has been lost. And this morning, I want to talk about that connection. And uh, let's go to, um, where are we? John chapter 15. And we are going to read it together because it's one thing I really want us to remember. I heard this week that Pastor Ray, he's not very well today, but Pastor Ray has learnt the whole of John 15, memorised it. Pretty good, eh? I'd like to say I have, but I haven't. Here we go. So we're going to read 1 to 17, and then we'll pull this apart a little bit. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into the pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for what it, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that my father, sorry, so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Fantastic scripture, eh? Beautiful scripture. Before we go on, I found this when I was preparing for this morning and I, um, I just thought I'd read it to you. I guess it serves as a bit of a warning, but it's a great point, and it's not actually directly related to what I'm speaking on, 
but it's a great point in relation to what we are speaking on this year. And uh, this is something that was written by Anna Hall, who was a fairly prominent follower in the Azusa Street Revival back in 1906 in America. And she said this. She said, let me warn you, dear ones, do not try to prune one another. That's good advice right there. We could stop there. Do not try to prune one another. Let Jesus do the pruning and the purging. If you see a brother or sister doing anything you do not approve of, instead of blazing it abroad, get down on your knees and say, My Father, I honor you to bring them out of this fault. Multitudes of Christians have gone to the wall for the very same thing. They have tried to prune one another, tried to make others believe just as they believed, and think just as they thought. In this, if this movement stands for anything, it stands for unity of mind. It was raised up to answer the prayer of Jesus that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. Great thought, eh? Fantastic thought. Anyway, back to John 15. This morning we're looking at verse 4. Verse 4 says this, Remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Remain in me. Other translations, translations you may be using, uh, may say, abide in me. So we have remain in me or a Abide in me. Can you say the word men? You can say it better than that. Men. Men. M-E-N. Men. Bit more gusto. Men. And can you say, oh? Again? Very good. If you put them together, what would you get? Meno. Meno. Sounds cool, doesn't it? Meno. Meno could mean anything, but in this particular case, it's quite significant. Meno is the Greek word that is used for remain or abide. And like is often the case, the original language actually is packed with more meaning than a single English word can bring to it. So the word remain is a great translation of the word meno. So is the word abide but it's actually quite a full word. Like, it means to stay in a place or a state. Stay in a place or a state. It can be translated remain or abide or continue or endure or be present or wait for or even abode. And in relation to a place, it would mean to tarry or to continue to be present or held In relation to time, it would mean continue to be, or to last, or to survive, or to live. And as a state, it would remain remain as one. The picture that has been um, painted by the word meno is one of permanence. It's not just a a here today, gone tomorrow. You click in for a moment, you click out. It's a word of permanence. It's a state of permanence. And the word meno itself is used many times in the New Testament, and I think if I've got my, my memories right, John actually uses it uh, 68 times, 40 plus of which are just in John's gospel. 
So it's a word that he uses a lot. Some commentators would even say that John uses the word meno or the word uh, abide or remain the same way that Paul uses the word persevere with the same kind of emphasis to it, which is interesting. And so John uses this word all the time. And, and my goal this morning is very simple for us. It's that when we leave, we have a sense of permanency. or We understand a sense of permanency about the word abide. That it's not just a click in, click out thing. It's not something we just do for a moment, then we're not doing it. For the Christian, for the believer, the disciple, abide is permanent. It is 24-7. It's a continuous condition. We either abide or we don't abide. We're either connected or we're not connected. That's what it comes down to. And so in today's world, we tend to compartmentalize everything, don't we? we, we um, so, so this is no longer abiding in the lemon tree that it was removed from. The consequence of this no longer abiding in the lemon tree is that, actually it's got a couple of thorns on it, they keep getting me, um, is that it is dying. Even though you see glimmers of fruit, it is dying. And if we leave this a few more days, it'll be brown, dead, useless, good for no one. But as long as it is connected to the tree, or connected to the vine, it is abiding. Fascinating, isn't it? Well, I think it is. I think it's wonderful. Because I haven't always thought like that. I've thought that sometimes abiding is about, you know, I looked at that and, go, and it says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. What does that look like? It, looked, it looks like, or does it look like me lying out on my sun lounger in the sun, having my little abiding moment with God? Sort of like, oh, I'm abiding, I'm abiding. Is that what it looks like? Or sitting at your table with your Bible and your pen. I don't know. What's abiding look like for you? But I've often thought of abiding as uh, I come into that place of abiding. Now I've finished abiding, I'm leaving. And it says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. How the heck am I supposed to abide all the time? When I come in and out, I've got things to do. I've got family to feed. I've got work to do. I've got places to go. Can I be driving and abiding at the same time? Surely not. That's quite unreverent. Can I be at work and abiding at the same time? Surely not. Boss will dock me pay. I'm not focused on the job. But the word abiding is a continuous condition, which I actually find incredibly liberating. I think it's a wonderful thing. So for a genuine believer, a disciple of Christ, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit is permanent. He is in me, and I am abiding with him. It's great. It's a great thought. Just like the branch, like I said, you can't put, you can't turn a branch on and off. I've cut the thing off. I can't just go home and stick it on and it abides again. It's gone. It's like history. It's been severed. Just as well, God's more gracious than my sick of tears because he can stick you back on. He can regraft you in. Actually, just don't make him do that, but he can do that. But, but, you know, it's not like, well, today this leaf wants to abide, so it'll stay connected to the tree. Tomorrow it doesn't want to abide anymore, so it's going to be disconnected from the tree. But come Tuesday, it's time to abide again, so it'll be... It just does not work like that. And that's the beauty of the illustration that he, that he uses. So we don't check in or out, we don't click in or out. Remaining or abiding isn't actually based on our situation or our behavior. It's a state. 
Abiding doesn't change based on how I'm feeling today or how I'm feeling tomorrow. Abiding is a state of, it's a continuous connection. If I'm plugged in, if I'm connected to the vine, I am actually abiding in a sense. John 14 says this, which is a chapter before where we are. It says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you, or who will abide in you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it doesn't look for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. The Greek is because he abides in you. So again, it's permanent. It's either attached or it's not attached. John 15, back to that. So abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The, the phrase here, abide in me, is actually a, a nice little phrase. So it's abide in me. Make sense? Abide, it's two parts to it. Abide in me. And so the, the word abide itself is actually that state or it's that um, action of obedience. We talked about that the other week. It's an action of obedience. It's a command. He's saying to us, abide in me. He's not going, oh, you know, it, it could be a good idea to abide in me. He's saying, no, no, if you actually want your life to, to produce any kind of fruit that's lasting and good at all, you need to abide in me. So, so it's a command. He's saying, abide in me or remain in me. It, it's a command. But then in me is rich in itself because it's talking about this whole sense of sonship and discipleship and salvation, you know, our relationship with God. So this whole abiding in him really is a rich, rich picture. It means that any fruit our lives produce is a result of obedience, and obedience is abiding in him. This is where I think in today's world particularly, we come unstuck because in today's world, things need to look a certain way, don't they? Things need to look a certain way. If things didn't need to look a certain way, Facebook wouldn't work. Facebook needs to look like the highlights reel of everybody's life because why would you go on there to click on, actually probably more of us would go on there if we could pick up on people's bad days, make us feel better. But um, you know, and things need to look a certain way. If you, if you want, what does success look like? It looks a certain way. Most people who are successful don't drive a 20-year-old Datsun because there's this perception in the world that success looks like a certain thing. Probably looks like an HQ Holden. But that was just for you. But, but things do need to, to, to look a certain, certain way. So we tend to be pre-programmed or pre-orientated to the fruit, the outcomes, what things will look like, what's on display, how that will look, how that, where according to the scripture, it is, no, no, if you just put your attention on the connection, if you put your attention into making sure that the connection with the vine, in other words, our relationship with Jesus is healthy, Everything else will happen in due course. The fruit will come in due course. Now, these, these are really mangy. 
these ones, these fruit, because I cut the branch, they would have got there. Actually, this branch was on the ground. And if you remember previously, it says the gardener, our father, would lift us up, tie us up, so that we produce great and clean the fruit, so it's great fruit. So that's what the father would do. I just get the scatees and cut it off. It's, um, for my example, I should have taken a photo of the lemon tree because the branches that are still attached have got some gorgeous specimens of lemons on them. Huge, yellow, not even sour. Jan turned some into lemon juice the other day and just drink it. Absolutely beautiful. But, but, oh, those ones aren't, they're severed now too. But anyway, um, <laughs> the point being that because they're still attached to the tree, the fruit on those is absolutely marvellous. It's gorgeous. But the branch doesn't go, I'm going to try and produce fruit now. It's just a result that it's attached. So we live our lives backwards quite often. We live our lives trying to produce fruit rather than focusing on the connection. And it's actually when we focus on the connection is the only way the Scripture tells us that the lasting fruit will come to pass. It's the only way. Yet, we live in the world, don't we? We live in this world. It tells us different things. I like this. Um, Pastor Eric Reed wrote a paper on abiding, and he wrote this. He said, abiding means to remain. Yes, but from our standpoint, and gen- let me start again. Abiding means to remain. Yes, but from our standpoint as genuine believers, I think the New Testament and John's writings in particular show that more specifically it means total and continuous reliance. Just as the physical branch must be uninterruptedly connected and dependent upon the vine or it will not produce fruit and eventually wither, so the genuine believer, as opposed to the professing believer, must abide in Christ. Thus, properly understood in its theological context, abiding is found to be the essential element or condition of spiritual fruitfulness. There's a lot in there. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 7. You know when Jesus is talking and he, and he goes, people will come to me and they would have cast out demons, done miracles, all this, and they'll say, hey Lord, here I am, and he'll go, what's your name again? And they'll go, but surely you know me, I did this, 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 and this in your name. And he will say, I never knew you, depart from me. Because they got it backwards. Because they went for the fruit rather than the relationship. That's how that verse came about. And I, I think it's a great reminder for all of us. It's a great reminder for me. I'll own it. Thank you. Go for the relationship. The fruit will follow. As soon as I've got that, I do not want to stand before Jesus one, one day and he goes, what's your name again? I've had that my whole life. How do you say your name again? How do you spell your name? I get before Jesus and he goes, how do we spell that again? It's like, oh, this is not a good day. <laughs> you know, Sheridan, great to see you. That's what I want. Keep the relationship, the relationship. Look, here's three ways that we can abide. And this is not exhaustive by any means, but just some things for you to think about. Number one, walk by faith. Now remember, we've, we've already ascertained, I hope, that abiding isn't just a, a state that we click in and click out of. It's continuous. So it actually involves 
different facets of our lives. So, so number one, walk by faith. So my question would be, where's the faith stretch in your life? Where's the faith stretch that keeps us reliant on him? That keeps us, you know, wake up in the morning, oh, I've got to make sure my relationship with Jesus is strong because of, what's that of for you? What's the faith stretch in your world? What are you pushing for by faith that is only going to come through Christ? We need to, the scripture tells us, walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, some of you didn't quite know that. Walk by faith, not by sight. So it's a command. We walk by faith. So to walk by faith, actually there needs to be a faith stretch. Could be in your family, could be at work, could be in your health, it could be anywhere. And it might not necessarily all be positive stuff or appear positive, but there needs to be that faith stretch. Where is the gap between my reality and what I know is God's reality? Where's that faith stretch? Number one. Number two, spend focused and intentional time. Bible, reading, praying. Lying on your lounger in the sunshine, thinking about Jesus, it all counts. Coming to church is a great, great way. Gathering like this on a Sunday is a great way for us to intentionally spend time abiding. Great way. What are your ways? Could be going for a walk around the lake. Could be mowing the lawns. Could be feeding the chooks. Could be washing your car. Could be any number of things. It doesn't just have to look like sitting down at the table with my Bible open and my pen out. But I would suggest to you that it includes that. Don't exclude that. Earlier on in John, it says, abide in the Word. Abide in the Word. Little w, the Word, as in the Bible. Abide, remain, stay close, stay connected to the Word of God. That's where he speaks to us from. And the third one, just so we've got three there, would be engage in specific and intentional actions. Engage in intentional and specific actions. What's that look like? It comes back to faith again as well, doesn't it? Maybe it's sharing faith. Maybe, maybe it's sharing faith. It could be all sorts of things. Maybe it's going on a missions trip. Maybe it's some kind of ministry or something that you're involved in. But something that's specific and it's intentional and it's to do with your journey with Christ. What could that be? I had the opportunity a few weeks ago of, um, of, of sharing my faith with a guy that was doing some work for me at home, working on one of the, the cars. And I got talking with him and, and I really felt the nudge of God. You know, you, share, your faith, share your story with this guy. And so we're talking, we're talking about everything. It was evident that his life wasn't going too flash, relationship breakup and stuff. And, and, and so we're talking about those things, and I'm saying, Lord, how do, how do I bring faith into this? This guy needs to know you. How do I bring faith into this without, you know, clobbering him with it? So how do I love on him? And, and I really felt the Holy Spirit say, share your story about being burnt. I don't know if you've been part of the church for a while, you'll know my story. If you don't, you probably don't. I was, uh, 1989, I was badly burnt in an industrial action. 50% uh, of my body, 30% third degree, the rest second degree. And um, I was miraculously healed. 
tell you about it another day. Anyway, I told, I told um, this, this guy, uh, chatting him, and I said, oh, this happened, and I said, you know, I encountered a miracle. I was meant to have skin grafts on both my hands and on my side, my chest, my back, my arm, and uh, I don't have one skin graft. And uh, why I went down that road with him, I didn't know, but, you know, he stood there in my garage, and he pulled up his trousers, and they're all skin grafts. And he said, when I was two or three, he had a serious accident and his legs are skin grafts. And I thought, my goodness, I would have never, ever known that. Couldn't tell. I would have never known, but God did. And suddenly there's this connection there that, you know, it's been intentional. It's been intentional. I just texted him the other day, how are you doing? I'm going to stay in touch with him. You know, how are you doing? Good, he came back. Life's a bit better. Still haven't quite got it to us, but life's better. That's good. I just don't really want my car to break down because it costs money to talk to, but <laughs> that's all right. Well spent money. But, but specific and intentional actions. What can you do that really just makes you push into that connection with God? The fruit will be the fruit, but the connection is ours to build. The relationship is ours to build and to develop. There was an un- um, I've written on my page here, unknown author. They're unknown. I just couldn't remember where I found it. Um, but I like what they said. They said, there is supernatural strength in abiding. Abide is a great Christian word. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what it said in John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The writer then says, what then is the conclusion if we are not apart from him. I need to read it again. You've got blank faces. You didn't quite connect the dots, did you? Here we go. I'll go slower. I'll, I'll do it like I'm in Australia. <laughs> there, no, it's all right. Don't worry. They never like it when I tell them that over there. Um, there, is a su- there is supernatural strength in abiding. Abide is a great Christian word. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. What then is the conclusion if we are not apart from him? In other words, all things are possible in Christ. All things. All things. And it's about the relationship. It's about the connection. It's not even about chasing the all things. It's about the relationship with Jesus. And that's my encouragement this morning. It's about Jesus, people. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. He is the vine. We are the branches. It's about our connection with him. If there's nothing else you remember, just remember Jesus. If there's nothing else you remember, just remember that abiding is a continuous state, and it's about a continuous state of our relationship with Jesus. If we live with that revelation, watch out, world. Watch out, world. We'll be good for our world. So just a couple of point, um, thoughts to finish to wrap it up. Number one, I've already said it several times, abiding is a permanent position. Abiding is a permanent position. Just eradicate this thinking from your mind that unless I'm sitting down at my desk with my Bible open and my pen and notebook out, which are very, very valuable things to do, please do it. That is abiding. 
But abiding is a permanent connection. There is more to abiding than that. Abiding is your life. Abiding is your journey. Abiding is all about your connection with Him. Abiding is when you're on the high mountaintops and when you're in the low valleys. Abiding doesn't mean I'm having a spiritual high. Abiding means I'm connected. Abiding doesn't mean everything's going right in my world. Abiding means I'm connected. I can have a miserable day and still be abiding. I can have everything turned to custard. I whacked my thumb yesterday working on my son's car. I was trying, you know, you get the, it's trying not to skin my knuckles. I went the other way and popped my thumb open, knowing that. But God was still with me. I was still abiding, although I was muttering. I was still <laughs> abiding. It doesn't matter what's going on in your world. It comes back to the relationship with Jesus. And the thing is, he's there with us through the tough times. In fact, when it's tough, it's even more, it's even more opportunity to be pushing into that abiding, isn't it? To understand that actually going through this, I'm not going through it alone. I'm going through it with them. And as tough as it is, in my season at this time, this is what abiding looks like. Because he never leaves us. He never fails us. Abiding is not a quick response and move on. I'm sorry, Lord, I haven't been abiding. I will abide from now. Amen. Into the week. That's it. We carry on. Tomorrow morning, sit down at the table again, whatever. No, no. Abiding isn't a quick response. This is an invitation to make your connection with Jesus the center of everything. Because abiding is a permanent condition. This is an invitation to just think things through and go, you know, maybe I need to approach what abiding looks like differently. It's not just a, let's tick the box and we're out of here. It's not that. And lastly, abiding is not optional for a true follower of Jesus. Abiding is not optional for a true follower of Jesus. You are either connected or you are not. I am either connected or I am not. If I am not, I'll be able to fool you for a while. Look, still got lemons on it. The leaves are still green. Looks like a healthy leaf to me. I think John 15 is quite clear that it will wither and it will die. And you know why, why it will wither and it will die? because it's not connected. <laughs> very, very simple. Very simple. But if you're connected, if you're connected, it says the Father looks after his vineyard. The Father is passionate about his vineyard. He is passionate about the branches. Remember that word that's in the English translated um, pruned? But we discovered it actually means cleaned. It actually means looked at, nurture and looked after. The father would take this branch that was lying on the ground and he would tie it up and he would make sure it's no longer on the ground and he would make sure that the fruit was clean and the leaves were clean and it was well positioned to produce awesome fruit. That's the nature of the father. That's his heart toward you and I. Our job is just to make sure the connection's good. Keep the connection good. Father, I bless your church. In Jesus' name this morning, I bless your church. I pray that we'd be a people who know what it is to abide. That 
you would drop something in our spirits this morning, you'd plant something about the continuous connection, that would bring a great relief. That would take pressure off to perform, that would take pressure off to look a certain way, that would remove any religious pressure. I command that to be gone in Jesus' name. And there would be a sense of liberty that you are in our lives, day in, day out. And that as we pursue you, as we work on our connection with you, you'll work out the rest. You'll keep the branch healthy. You'll, keep the, you'll get it to produce fruit, whatever it needs to do. Father, even now in this moment, I ask that you'd just cause us to think of some areas that we go, actually, I didn't realize you were in that God, or I can brush that up a bit, or actually, that's about this. You know, the more I go down this John 15 journey, the more I realize each, most of the issues in my life that I come across are actually symptoms of connection issues. You know, like lack of patience is actually a symptom of a connection issue. Anger is actually a symptom of a connection issue. Greed is actually a symptom of a connection issue. Violence is actually a symptom of a connection issue. Arguments, symptoms of connection issue. Everything comes back to the connection issue. So I really want to encourage you on the connection issue. Make sure you're connected. Make sure you're developing that that sense of oneness, that sense of journey, that sense of tightness with Jesus.